Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Positively Gam is sponsored by Vaseline. See how they are working towards equitable skin care for all at Vaseline.com. Not all care is created equal. Alaska's care stands wings and tails above the rest. And we want people to know so that the next time they book a flight, they'll book it with the most caring airline in the sky. Us. To Alaska, every customer is a guest and every guest is a priority. That's why they go the extra mile day after day, flight after flight to treat you right. Because Alaska Airline is the only airline that cares about you as much as you do. Alaska flies here, there, and everywhere you care about, like Chicago, Hawaii, Las Vegas, Cancun, and New York. Earn 30% more miles compared to other U.S. airlines with Mileage Plan. See alaskaair.com slash mileage plan for details. Alaska rewards Mileage Plan members with one mile for every mile they fly. No other airline offers this many miles or this level of care. Book online now at alaskaair.com and earn one mile for every mile you fly on the most caring airline in the sky. Constant Contact, a digital marketing platform that helps small businesses and nonprofits of all sizes build, grow, and succeed. With email marketing, contact management, industry-leading list growth tools, social media ads, and more, Constant Contact helps small businesses connect with customers, find new ones, and sell online, all from one easy-to-use platform. They've been trusted by millions of businesses to help improve their marketing. With a 97% deliverability rate, you can rest assured that your customers and potential customers are getting the right message at the right time. 
With a simple interface, Constant Contact's easy-to-use platform makes contact management easier than ever. Their list growth tools help you find a bigger audience fast. Lead generation landing pages, text to join, and social media ads are proven to grow your list and drive engagement with your brand. With thousands of integrations, you can sync Constant Contact's tools with the tools you're already using. Powerful automation tools help you send the right message to the right person at the right time, every time. To start your free digital marketing trial today, visit ConstantContact.com. You know, and I don't want to be in this constant state of trauma and upset. Let me say, first of all, I heard you say, I don't want to, but I want to offer you that instead of affirming, because you are damning, you're, you're important, you got power, instead of affirming what you don't want, just make another choice. So I'm choosing to, I'm no longer choosing to be reactive. I'm choosing this because choice is your power. What's up, everybody? I'm Gammy, and this is Positively Gam. Every week, I have raw, in-depth conversation with inspirational people pushing for change on everything from aging, relationships, politics, wellness, to the current issues facing the Black community. In this episode, we're going to be discussing how to cope as a society saturated with trauma. Joining us today is Iyanla Van Zandt. Iyanla is one of the most celebrated writers and speakers, and she's among the most influential and acclaimed spiritual life coaches. Iyanla embodies a no-nonsense approach in her message. Currently, Iyanla is the host and executive producer of the award-winning breakout hit, Iyanla Fix My Life, the number one reality show on OWN. Thank you so much, Iyanla, for joining us. I feel so blessed today. And I actually am feeling the need to talk to you today. Congrats on your new podcast. Everything's podcast now, so good for you. I know. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm enjoying it. But how has it been for you fixing other people's lives? You know, I don't, everybody says that. I don't really, I don't really fix their lives. I give them the information that they need to fix their own life. You know, people come with their story and with their belief and with their everything. And, you know, I go, go in to interrupt the patterns that they have and provide them with a different perspective on not only what the problem is, but what they need to do or not to get to where they want to be. So it's been quite a journey. Eight years. It has been. And, and I, I'm a huge fan. I'm, I, I, I watch, you know, all the time. And I must say that you really find some really creative ways to get people to really look at themselves and to look honestly at what's going on. Cause, and, and that's hard work. Yeah. Well, I'm, that's hard work because most times we're in such denial. We don't want to see ourselves. You know, and particularly for people of color, we don't want to move into anything with the consciousness that there's something wrong with me. You know? So when, we, when you start telling people that there's another way, what they hear is you did it wrong. And for people who've been oppressed or denied or held back for so long, that's a hard thing. But it is also a common human challenge, but just reflection, self-reflection. It, it's hard, you know, but I have to thank my team. I have an incredible team of producers that support me in coming up with what we call our launch pad and our exercises. And then I just go in and, and do the work. That's the easy part. Oh, that's the easy part. No, that's the hard part, actually. <laughs> 
I, I was thinking earlier, and I had this conversation with Will and with Jada constantly about compassion. And I was like, why am I charged this year <laughs> and all, with, and all, with everything that's going on with trying to live my life from a more compassionate space? And it's just been so very challenging for me. It's just been really difficult in during this everything with everything that's going on. It, this year has been so traumatic for so many reasons. We have the pandemic. We have the, the Black Lives Matter protests. We have all the police brutality that actually has been going on for years and years. Now we have the rioters and the the storming of the Capitol. Like, how do Let's start with how do you personally deal with the state of affairs in this country and not lose your mind? Because I am I get so full of anger and frustration. God is. <laughs> so for me, God is sovereign. God is in charge. God knows. God is moving. God is shifting. God is changing. And so I don't have a story about anything that's going on because I know that everything is exactly as it needs to be in order for what is required to unfold. So I, I, you know, I haven't had no trauma. I haven't had no upset. I, you know, every now and then the thing that makes me crazier than anything else is they repeat the same thing over and over. Give me some new information. So, you know, I just don't watch it. But I think that everything, and you know, I look at this, we're looking out and I'm looking in. And I'm saying, okay, how do I do that? How do I lie, change my story, bully myself, deny? How do I do that? And once I get it clear in me, when I see it out there, I know what it is. It doesn't bother me. We are looking at ourselves, but because, as we said earlier, it's so hard for people to reflect and self-reflect, we're making it about what's going on out there. What are you doing in here? Turn the spotlight in instead of making it a, a spotlight that goes out. Everything that we're seeing is what we as a human uh, race do. This is the truth being revealed. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm excited personally. <laughs> I know that's a little strange, but it's very exciting. No, no, I, I understand. I understand what you're saying. It's just, you know... <laughs> In the moment, it's just it's just typically difficult for me to go into that space. If, you, if the minute you think it's happening out there, it's happening, you'll get upset about. The minute you think, "Oh, look what they're doing! Look what they're saying!" as opposed to, "How do I do that? <laughs> Have I done that? Okay." And then when I get it in here, I, when I see it out there, I say, "Oh, I know what that is." I know what that is. Okay, I know what you're doing. I don't need the news or anybody to tell me the truth because I know the truth in me. So when I see it out there, I just say, thank God, I'm better now. <laughs> I'm better now. You know, so yeah, compassion is the thing. I have compassion for us right now because we've prolonged and denied and resisted for so long. So the universe has now just dumped it all in our lap at one time. But that's because we didn't take the clues along the way. We know that racism exists. We know that uh, white superiority is the foundation upon which this, this country was built. We know that people have 
in order to maintain their position will deny other. We know it. And then we've accommodated, we've tolerated it, we've gone along with it. And the universe, you know, God is saying enough until we surrender. And surrender is coming. We're not. Yes. Yes. That is a good word. I'm familiar with that word. As a recovering addict, I'm familiar with that word surrender. So it's surrendering to to what is happening so that change can occur. Is that a good way of looking at it? And you know what else, Gammy? All change is preceded by chaos. Think about when you want to clean your closet out. In order to clean your closet, you got to take everything out. And the bed, the floor, the shoes, you find the two things that you bought that you never wore. Everything is all over. So it's chaos. And you have to sort through the chaos in order to recreate order. And that's what's going on right now. That is such a good way to put it. Let me ask you, though, what are some techniques that we can use in order to confront, you know, these for me, it's still, I still call it trauma so that we're not keeping it all bottled up inside or have this emotional outbreaks. And I'm going to use my husband and I as an example. We have a, an ex, a very different way of looking at the pandemic and how we are managing it in right now. And it is it continues to be an area of contention for us. So for me, I've surrendered to and respect how he feels about the pandemic and how he wants to move about. And I ask him to do the same for me. And this morning, the conversation just went left. Like my, my I don't even really want to talk about it. You know what I mean? I, I, about the pandemic. I, I don't feel the need to converse about it. Like how many people are dying. Like the numbers are really high here in California right now. And I don't feel the need to discuss that because I know that compared to even him, we as a family out here are so in tune to it because we have to get tested constantly because we're all working. And so we're constantly being tested. Uh, like I'm on a first name basis <laughs> with the EMT that comes to do our testing. Yeah. I see him like two and three times a week. Yeah, I know. We're friends. <laughs> him and you mom. know, but yeah. So I, I I don't know. How do you have conversation with people and not just get all out of whack when you're talking about any of this? I find myself to be on social media constantly. I'm on um, Facebook when things like when the riots are, I got something to say about everything. And I'm on Facebook. And then after I'm done, I'm like, girl, do you feel better now that you because uh, I'm I'm going on there thinking that I'm releasing my frustration. But I don't feel that way after it's all said and done. I really actually feel even more amped up. So then I'm like, maybe I just need to not be on social media. Maybe I don't need to be watching the news, but then I feel uninformed. It is traumatic because it's such a abrupt 
and radical change to our habitual problem-solving techniques. <laughs> none of our problem-solving techniques, Corona don't respect none of them, okay? <laughs> so it is quite traumatic because one of the number one addictions of human beings, all human beings, is control. And we have totally lost control. So to be informed is one thing, but to want to know what to do then stirs up something else in us as human beings, which is survival. So I got to know what to do to survive because I can't control this thing. So we go here to get some info and there to get some info and there and we're listening and this one. And then somebody says something and no, that's crazy. And, you know, so as opposed to trying to make it again, trying to make it okay out there, you got to get okay in here. When this thing first hit, I said, that ain't got nothing to do with me. I'm not having it. I'm not entertaining it. I'm not engaging it. What I got to do. Okay. I didn't have no toilet paper. And if the toilet paper was the cure, <laughs> I was in a lot of trouble because I had no toilet paper. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so what I have to do. So number one, I was just real clear that, okay, this has to be a lesson. And it's a universal lesson that we're all learning. What is my lesson? For me, the lesson was, for the past, I don't know, 15, 16 years, I probably haven't spent two consecutive weeks in my home. So when they said stay home, I had to get adjusted to not being busy. Really just get still. And that for me was traumatic. <laughs> you know, that was the process. So here I am, I'm home, I'm not out in the world, I'm not doing my work. Ooh, do you, oh, you know. So for many of us, that was the issue. So you have the not being in control. What do I need to do to survive? And now my whole modus operandi has been shifted. So that was challenging. And many of us had to be home with people that we love but don't like. <laughs> so that was a whole nother thing. So I think your question when I'm hearing you ask is, how do you communicate compassionately with someone standing in a different way than you are. So compassion really is about seeing the position or suffering of another and taking action to alleviate the suffering. Like you said, you don't want to talk about it. Maybe somebody else does, but that's because their lack of control and their fear and their coping mechanism may be talking about. So how do you have compassion? And I think I heard you say it was your husband, so you can't tell him, don't talk to me about that. What set a boundary? Okay, we only going to talk about this from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m., from noon to 12.30, from 4 p.m. to 4, 5 o'clock, and that's it. Other than that, I'm going to ask you not to talk about it to me, and if you do, I'm going to leave the room. Can we agree to that? <laughs> as opposed to he shouldn't be or they shouldn't be or why do they? Compassion. See the position or the suffering of another person and then take action to alleviate the suffering. 
without sacrificing yourself. You can talk about it for a half an hour. You don't even have, he's talking. You don't even have to respond. Your job is to listen. And then what is your internal dialogue while he's talking? You know, like a lot of times, you know, people talk to me about everything in the supermarket, in the Walmart. And in my brain, I'm, in my mind, I'm saying, this don't have nothing to do with me. This don't have nothing to do with me. I am not on this committee. I am not on the Heal Your Mother committee. This is what I'm saying in my brain, but I'm looking at her because she needed to talk. And when she was finished, I said, you should go online and get on my mailing list because my newsletter might be helpful to you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. So that's what compassion is about. Putting, seeing where the other person is, seeing, sensing, feeling where the other person is and whether they're in a form of suffering or a form of fear or anger or whatever. And then doing what is required, what you can do without sacrificing yourself to put an end to their, whatever it is they're going through. Because we we are traumatized. Yeah, and I guess I, I really have to open my mind and be mindful while we're having the conversation because he senses from me that my attitude is, oh, here we go again. (laughs) That is not compassionate. (laughs) That's not compassionate and it's not helpful. I remember the day when George Floyd was murdered and Everybody was in such uproar. And I said, thank you, God, for that angel named George Floyd who came to remind us yet again that we have to deal with this racism and we have to deal with these abuse. So now they're finding court officers, firemen, retired police, retired military, all involved in this assault on the White House. So if they would go against a building because they didn't like what was going on in the building, what do you think they're going to do to people that they don't like, you know? And so I, I, my heart goes out to the Floyd family and the Martin family and the, all of the families, but I've just seen all of these people as angels who've come and made a masterful, mighty sacrifice to wake us up. And we still ain't woke up. because, you know, we marched and screamed and protested, which we needed to do for, what, three, four months. You don't even hear George Floyd's name anymore. So what are we going to do? Everybody is talking about the fact that those protesters or rioters or insurrectionists or whatever they're being called today were able to roll up in the Capitol, thousands of them in the street, and people will say out loud, well, you know, couldn't have been Black people. And we'll say it. But what are we going to do? What's our ask? What's our approach? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're just sitting here, one finger up our nose and the other one twiddling in our hair. But what are we going to do? And until we get clear about what we're asking and what we're willing to do to get it, it's going to keep happening. Thank you. Can you please say that again, Iyanla? Because I, I, I feel so, so strongly about it. And I'm just not, I, I still am not clear on exactly that. What is our ask 
And how are we going to hold this administration accountable or whoever we think needs to be held accountable? How are we going to do that? And what is our ask? Right, that's the first thing. Because until we're clear about the ask, we don't know who to approach. We don't have to approach. And, you know, I've said this for years. Everybody, please forgive me. Don't send me no emails and, and send me dirty letters. I've said this for years. I've said it to every, all my friends and all my community leaders. For years, we've been affirming no justice, no peace. And I'm like, wait a minute, hold up. We, that's not what we want to say. We don't want to say no justice, no peace. We want to say justice now, peace now. But we, the very thing we've been saying is exactly what we have. No, what we're getting, and no, no justice and no peace. And that's what we're looking ah. for. And I'm like, oh, we can't. But you know, we get into these slogans and we get into the thing, and that's what we want to do. No, 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 no. So we've got to get clear about the ask. If we're asking for justice, what does that look like? And the other thing is, you know, I know you, I'm a child of the 50s and the 60s. I'm a panther and, you know, SNCC and, the, and all of this. And, and we had leaders. And so everybody's looking for a leader. But the piece that I find was then that I can't quite put my finger on now. Back then, there was a communal commitment to whatever it was, whether it was the free breakfast program or whatever voting rights or early childhood education. There was a communal commitment. But now we are so busy, you know, with everything else and we get all into personalities. Oh, I don't like this one. You can't trust that one. You can't do this. You can't do that. And this cancel culture where we don't tolerate mistakes and we don't tear people down. So there's no focal point. I don't even want to say leadership, but there's no focal point. And then the people that we have elected, ah, you know, they don't seem to be coming out to ask us. So anyway, that's my little soapbox. But what are we asking? No, but it's important. Yeah, it's important. Like, how do we get that? How do we get back into that space? Is there, I don't want to say committee, but who are the leaders that we gather together to get us focused? Here's for me, Gammy. Again, you know, I come up out of that community spirit. So we've become such individuals and seeking such individual fame and glory and advancement and notice and recognition until the things that would support and matter to us all can't seem to come together on. And we're so eager to be against something that we have lost to know how to be for something. We're against this. Oh, I'm against that. I'm against you. I'm against him. I'm against her. But what are we for? And where are those communications coming? Black radio is gone. I remember Bob Law from years ago, Night Talk. And if you wanted to get some information about what was going on in our community, you went to Bob Law and Night Talk and you got the whole, where where do we go now as a community to get information? And then because the small stations are gone, it's these big conglomerations, bless you, Facebook. (laughs) 
but you know, <laughs> there's no communal meeting place. There's no communal mind. Yes, there are small organizations. You know, right now, everything is or isn't Black Lives Matter. If you're not in Black Lives Matter, how do you find out what's going on? And then if you're in Black Lives Matter, or you're against this and they're against that, it's, it's crazy. But that's how things are changing. So my thinking, and this is just my thinking, this don't have nothing to do with nobody. My thinking is, let me continue to work to, with individuals and get individuals clear in their thinking and in their being and they'll be guided and directed into what to do and how to do it. So that's my contribution. Because if you told me today where to go, I give to the, the Congressional Black Caucus, the United Negro College Fund, Black Lives, St. Jude's Children's Hospital, but nobody's ever called me to collectively have a discussion about anything. <laughs> Never. They get my money, but they don't call me and ask me nothing. And I, if I need it, you can't call nobody. You go on the website, contact us, and they give you an email form. <laughs> we don't talk. We don't talk. So where am I supposed to go? Where do we go? But things are changing, and they're going to be different. And we have to, we're approaching the new time doing the old ways. And that's why so many of us, are just challenged right now. Yeah. And I guess, you know, so that we can show up and be present and available for whatever our calling is, we have to learn how to stay calm and be mindful. And I know that you have a new app called Mind Matters Meditation. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. What can we expect to hear on that app? Well, you know, it really came out of the hysteria and the wahala that everybody was experiencing doing the stay home order. And I would say, you're home, breathe, meditate. I don't know how to meditate. I don't know how to I said, but it's your mind. Your mind is what you're going to need to get through this. So because I've been doing this for 30-something years, I just combed back through my files, my records, my everything, and just put, pulled up what I thought were some of the 20 most powerful guided meditations that I've ever done. I, I have one on there that just says, do you know how beautiful you are? You know, people were freaking out, couldn't get their nails done, their hair done, you know, but you are beautiful. I have another one called, you know, just uh, peace. Just how to be in peace. So because my gift is my voice, people recognize my voice, guide people into a deeper place within themselves. Because, Gammy, we're not going to do nothing out there. We got to get it right in here. And if we're not right in here, whatever we do out there is going to continue to be chaotic and, and uh, reactive and aggressive. No, we got Show up. We got to be the thing that we're trying to create. So 20 of my most powerful meditations, well, just listen. You know, I think the longest one is 13 minutes. So if you don't have 13 minutes to get in touch with your mind, then you got a problem. <laughs> got it. That I feel it would be a perfect way for us to, to close because meditation is something that I have 
committed myself to this year. You know, I've talked about it on, you know, over and over again that meditation is a struggle for me because my mind is always racing. But I definitely in this space and what I've been going through, you know, last year and into this year is that reactivity, you know, and all of that negativity. And I, you know, and I don't want to live like that. You know, and I don't want to be in this constant state of trauma and upset. So would you kindly close us out and lead us through a a quick meditation? I would love if you could do that. Let me just remind you. Let me say, first of all, I heard you say, I don't want to. But I want to offer you that instead of affirming, because you are damning, you're, you're important, you got power. Instead of affirming what you don't want, just make another choice. So I'm choosing to, I'm no longer choosing to be reactive. I'm choosing this because choice is your power. The other thing about meditation or just stilling, getting still that most people don't realize is the key to it is your breathing. That's what you in. So let's just do that. If you just allow your eyelids to close for just a moment. And just connect with, become mindful and aware of your inhale and your exhale. Nothing to do. Just be aware of your inhale and your exhale. And whatever the rhythm is, whatever the rate is, we can regulate that. So you want to inhale for three and exhale two. And inhale, one, two, three. And exhale, one, two, three. Now just relax your shoulders, your belly, your face. Find the rhythm of your breath again. And just listen. Listen inside, within. What's going on? What are you hearing? What do you feel? Listen to your feet. Just listen to your legs. And you can't do it wrong, so just let your mind go to your knees. Listen to it. Your thighs. Listen. What are you aware of in your feet, your legs, your knees, your thighs? What are you aware of? And whatever it is, just stay with the rhythm of your breath. You're in and you're out. Listen to your belly and your chest and your breast. Just listen. Just be aware. Nothing to do. Stay with your inhale and your exhale. Listen to your shoulders and your neck. Now just listen to your face. Just listen. Breathing in and out. And just imagine you just had a conversation within yourself. Now take a long, deep inhale and let it out. Whenever you're ready, you can open your eyelids. Thank you so much. It has been a blessing to talk with you. And I hope that you will come back and join us again. Anytime. 
It was such a blessing to be in conversation with Iyama Van Zandt today. And these are my takeaways. Number one, when we are in a state of upset, we tend to look at what's going on outside of us. Instead, try turning the spotlight inward for understanding. Number two, during these times when so many of us are feeling traumatized, try to have compassion for others as well as for ourselves. Number three, consider the importance and the impact meditation can have on your life. Meditation, put simply, is stillness and the rhythm of your breath. And number four, be careful what you affirm in your life, remembering that choice is your power. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate and review. Follow me on my Instagram at Gammy Norris to share with me your thoughts on the episode. I'm here, I'm talking, and I'm listening. As always, stay grateful, y'all. Positively Gam is produced by Westbrook Audio. Executive producers, Adrian Banfield Norris, Jada Pinkett-Smith, Amanda Brown, and Fallon Jethro. Co-executive producer, Sim Hoti. Associate producer, Erica Ron and Crystal Devone. Editor and mixer, Calvin Bailiff. Positively Gam is in partnership with Art19.